Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord man, man. today with all of you. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. And uh, just a reminder, this afternoon at 4.30, I do believe. Yes. 4.30, uh, we are going to have a uh, church picnic at yes. Leslie Grove Park in Richland. And uh, bring a side dish if you'd like. We're going to furnish chicken and, and uh, well, the main thing, chicken, okay? And uh, bring a lawn chair, okay? Bring your own lawn chair, if you would. We're going to have a great time. Yeah. I love it when it gets daylight at 4 o'clock in the morning and it stays daylight till 9 o'clock. Man. I love it. My time of year. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are, amen. We are just so very thankful for the goodness of God. Amen. 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 I know that there's a, I'm not going to call their names here this morning, but I do know that there's a couple of folks in our assembly that are going through some very, very hard times right now. Somebody here this morning recently lost their mother. And another person, their brother, has been in critical condition for Jesus. many, many days. And so, Jesus. amen. Just, uh, amen. it's important that we pray one for another. Yes. Amen. It really is. And Sister Gracie, I am very excited at the end of today's service to be able to baptize her. So, amen. I'm going to tell on Brother Ali, okay? Because several years ago, there was a couple of times when he would come into my office, and this is when Isaac and Jacob were small. They were kids. And he said, Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. My kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> and then, I don't know, few weeks later, he comes in and he says, Pastor, we're having another baby. <laughs> and I guess there's a reason why that they named her Grace. <laughs> and she did turn out all three of them, okay, all three of your kids. But Sister Gracie uh, is such a sweetheart. Oh, yes. And I recall uh, during prayer meeting, yep. A few years ago, she used to shadow me around. Yeah. And we'd walk around and pray and look around. There she was. All right. We're going to call your attention this morning to the book of John, chapter number 15. And we're going to read verses 12 and 13. John 15. Jesus said, This is my commandment that you love one another. Get this, right? 
as I have loved you. There's not, I tell people, there's not a lot of wiggle room there, okay? You can, you can come up with a lot of reasons why that you don't, you know, you choose not to love somebody the way that you should love somebody, but that doesn't give you a lot of room there to try to get out of it. Because how much has he loved you? And then the next verse, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And I'd like to speak to you, amen, this morning on this thought simply. You are worth it. You are worth it. Amen. And I'm going to ask if you would, if you would lift your hearts to the Lord here one more time. Amen. And uh, let's, just, uh, let's just pray that the Lord would touch us here this morning. Amen. Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful, Lord, to be assembled here today. We believe, Jesus, that You have ordained each and every soul that is present here today. Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your presence already. We pray that You would help us, Lord, anoint us, God, to speak forth Your Word, Lord. Amen. As an encouragement, God. And to help people, Lord, in their relationship with you. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, you may be seated. Memorial Day is the day in America that we honor our fallen warriors. Yes. Brave men and women who went to war to protect our freedom. And in doing so... They gave it all. Yeah. It has been said that Armed Forces Day is a day we show our appreciation to those who are currently serving our country in uniform. Veterans Day is a day we honor Americans who once served in uniform. And Memorial Day is a day to remember all Americans who never got to take the uniform off. They died on the battlefield wearing the flag. And I had the honor of visiting Normandy uh, Cemetery in France in the year of 2012. Brother Ryan, if you would put that up there. And I've got to say, outside of my of Sister Kathleen and I, when we visited Jerusalem many years ago, this spot here is the most sacred ground that I have ever been on. Yes, amen. And it is a, it's the Normandy American Cemetery and Memorial, and it sits on 173 of the most pristine land that you could ever imagine. I have never seen any grounds that are more pristine than what these are. 173 acres. And it overlooks Omaha Beach. And there are 10,000 white crosses there. 10,000 white crosses. Resting on the graves of Americans' fallen soldiers. It's the final resting place of uh, our American warriors who sacrificed their lives 
Mostly, there are some there that have been taken there from other battles, but most of the soldiers there, those that are buried there, most of them are those that sacrificed their lives on the battlefield during Operation Overlord, or what we refer to as D-Day, on June 6, 1944. That day, 160,000 Allied troops landed along a 50-mile stretch of heavily fortified French coastline to take the fight to Germany on the beaches of Normandy so that they would never get to America. The 160,000 troops would be supported by a naval force of 7,000 ships carrying 10,000 vehicles supported by 195,000 naval personnel. There is one father and son buried here in Normandy. Ollie Reed Sr., Ollie Reed Jr. Colonel Ollie Reed Sr. was killed in action on July 30th, 1944. He was on the battlefield at the age of 47. Lieutenant Ollie Reed Jr., the son, had been killed on the battlefield two weeks prior on July 6, 1944, at the age of 25. You and I, we can't fathom that. We really can't. There are 45 sets of brothers buried there, 30 of them side by side. Two brothers by the name of Roosevelt, the sons of President Theodore Roosevelt. His son Quentin died in action in World War I, while his brother Theodore Jr. was later buried alongside his brother. And here's a short story of Theodore Jr. in his path to Normandy and ultimately receiving the Medal of Honor. Brigadier General Ted Jr. was the assistant division commander of the 1st Infantry Division, which consisted of approximately 15,000 men. He was turned down two times from landing with his men due to a heart condition and arthritis, arthritic condition that forced him to use a cane. I said, no. Absolutely not. After being turned down two times, Brigadier General Roosevelt convinced his superiors his men needed him during the assault on Normandy. During the landing, his troops found their landing craft about one mile off course. General Roosevelt, with cane and pistol in hand, scoured the beach situation, came back and told his commanders, we will start the war from right here. He was the only general to land by sea with the first wave of troops 
at the age of 56. He was the oldest man in the invasion, at the same time the only father in Operation Overlord whose son Quentin was one of the first to land on the neighboring beach of Omaha. He would die one month later from a heart attack while sleeping in a captured German vehicle. He would go on to receive the Medal of Honor after his death. He's one of three Medal of Honor recipients laid to rest in Normandy. And he is but one of the 10,000 white crosses pointing, they say, toward America. The highest medal of bravery awarded a soldier is the Congressional Medal of Honor, with a high percentage of these medals being presented after they die on the battlefield. I would like to introduce to you one Medal of Honor recipient here this morning. Meet Kyle Carpenter. This is Kyle's story. Kyle is a U.S. Marine who stands tall at five foot six and weighs in at a monstrous 145 pounds. I met Kyle during my visit to the NFL Hall of Fame while walking to lunch one day. A man who I had met earlier at the event that I was attending motioned for me to come to where he was said, hey Grant, come over here. I went over and I noticed this young man that was standing with him and I had noticed this young man here, Kyle. I caught, he had caught my attention while we were in the NFL Hall of Fame. There was just something about him that didn't look quite right. He looked like he was handicapped or something and, and I thought, wow, man, I'm, this is one of the few people I'm taller than. <laughs> he said, Grant, I'd like to introduce you to Kyle. And I thought, okay. I mean, five, six, above 45. And then I heard his story. Kyle is the youngest living Medal of Honor recipient. While serving in Afghanistan, Kyle threw himself into the path of an enemy grenade on November 21, 2010. Was later, four years later, he was awarded the Medal of Honor. The path to him receiving this Metal goes like this. Kyle and his friend were on the roof of a building on watch in Afghanistan. They'd been in several firefights leading up to that day and suddenly there was a grenade tossed on the roof of the building they were on and Kyle responded to an enemy grenade that morning by throwing himself toward the grenade, saving the life of his fellow Marine, Nick Euphrasio. Kyle was 21. Miraculously, Kyle would survive. During this time, he would be resuscitated two times. He would go through 20 surgeries and spend three years in a hospital going through rehab. Marines are trained for such a moment. But when the moment comes, it becomes more than just training. It is the moment of truth. Semper Fidelis, always faithful, is the motto of every Marine. 
And Kyle is now very prominent and he goes, travels uh, the world, but especially in America, and he simply tells his story. He's certainly possibly the most humblest man that I've ever met in my life. And his story goes that after so many times of, of telling his story and so many times of people, mothers and fathers coming to him and mainly and said, Kyle, thank you for your service. And he said he ran out of things to say in responding to that. And he came up with this and ultimately he would write a book. And his response now to that statement when it comes to him is he simply told them, he says, you are worth it. You are worth it. But see, even though trained for it, you never know. As Kyle said, he says, you never know how you're going to respond. He says, you're trained for it. But the moment of truth comes, what will you do? Let me share with you my moment of truth, is what I call it. It was a Monday morning in September while on my river walk, and I had my earphones in, and, and uh, I had uh, preached the Sunday prior to that, just one day before, I had preached a message on the value of a soul. And as I was walking the river that morning and doing my Enoch principle, I had my earphones in and I was surprised when a man on a bicycle approached me doing this number. Okay, there's only me and him out there that early. And as he approached, I removed my earphones and he told me that there was a man drowning in the river. I said, what? He pointed to where he was and I saw this man going up and down almost in the middle of the, the river and if you know between the bridges it's it's fairly wide. And he did something that left me just out in the middle of nowhere. He said, "You stay here, I'm going for help and do what you can to help that man." <laughs> value of a soul. I could see the man bobbing up and down quite a ways out, calling for help. Had no idea. I ran down to the river bank and yelled words of hope out to him and I found myself in a desperate situation and uh, it was uh, it was indeed it was a moment that there was nobody else on the, on the whole planet out there but me. Man, there was nobody. And all I could think about was if I don't try to help him, he is going to die. And if I try to help him, we both will die. <laughs> My jacket is off. I'm strongly considering taking my shoes off and... When a city of Kennewick truck pulls up, out pops a big guy. 
I'm thinking this big guy's a good swimmer and he's going to save him. And I said, hey. His name is Dave, by the way. I says, you got a rope? He says, nope. I says, well, can you and me both go out there and say, he says, nope. I says, well, what do we do? I says, all we can do is try to encourage him to keep on trying to make his way to shore until the emergency people get there. And so Dave and I were out there and we're saying, come on, man, come on, you can make it, you can make it, you can make it. And he starts getting a little bit closer to us and then finally the Calvary shows up. And they save him. And as the story unfolds, I find myself in a dilemma. Even though the man is now safe, I'm feeling very selfish in the fact that I did not immediately try to jump in and save him. If he would have died, and all I could think about was, that was somebody's son. What if it would have been one of the a son of one of the people that I had preached to the following the previous morning? And CNN broadcasted on the on their station Monday night, and there was the preacher standing on the shore, considering trying to save a man after he had preached how valuable a soul is. And as the emergency people were there, the rescue people, I, I, I talked to them because I just, boy, I just really didn't. I was in a dilemma. I, kinda, I don't know, was it a spiritual dilemma? I didn't feel good about myself. And so I asked it couple of the rescue people, including one of the cops there, I says, I said, would you have jumped in and if you would have been me, would you have jumped in and tried? They said, absolutely not. It says, our training, we are trained not to try to rescue a person that is drowning by yourself unless you have the proper equipment because you both will die. But here's the question that I posed to them. I said, would you have jumped in if that was your son? Things change. Well, of course. I would be in that water in a heartbeat. Fathers, you would have been in that water in a heartbeat. Man. Mothers, you would have been in that water in a heartbeat. You see, because there was no connection between me and the men that needed saving. And was I willing to risk my own life in order to save someone's son? Jesus said, no greater love. See, and it would take me somewhere around, I think maybe a year 
before I finally got it. See, Matthew 27, as Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders mocked Him, saying, He cannot save Himself. He is the King of Israel. Let Him come down from the cross, and we will believe He saved others, but He can't save Himself. Austin, I finally got it. You see, I was that man out drowning in the middle of that river of sin. And no one cared for my soul. And Jesus, on that shore, heard my cry, and He jumped in, and He saved me, but He died and saved me. He did that for every one of us. <clears throat> sure. But amazing. Your daughter, right? She's out there in that little back river. Oh, her heartbeat pulled up here on me in there. But there's such some stranger out there that and come to find out that man that was in the river that day. Of course, he was on drugs, and they say that he had partied way too hard the night before, and he was, he was delusional. And he thought the boogeyman was after him. And he was running across the Blue Bridge, and he thought the boogeyman was catching up with him. And he jumped in that river. You see, Jesus said, no greater love. And then he would go on to say, and he said, he said, no man taketh my life. I willingly lay it down. He jumped in that river of sin when nobody else was willing to get and to rescue you he made the plunge he got you safely to shore and there he gave his Moses wasn't rich enough to save you. Elijah couldn't come to your rescue. As great a man as David was, 
He could not save you. It literally would take God who created the universe to hear your cry and to love you so much that He willingly would take on a human body of flesh in order to rescue you. Kyle said, you're worth it. Jesus said, Kevin, you're worth it. You're worth it, Carol. You are worth him paying the ultimate price, leaving all of his riches because he sees in each and every one of his more value in you as an eternal soul. You see, other men, Kyle willingly placed himself on the line. The Roosevelt sons, they gave their lives. But they could only give their life to, to secure and protect your freedom. It took the life of the God-man to save you yeah. and yeah. give you redemption, salvation. Amen. It would take the God-man to come and to give you the gift of salvation that was of eternal value. Yes. 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 And it would cost him everything. Why? Because he said, Kelly, you're worth it. I, you know, my family ancestry isn't the best, okay? I'm, I could tell you some stories and you'd, you'd all jump back a little bit and say, that's a little weird, Pastor. Mm -hmm. But God said, Eugene, you're worth it. Yes. Jack, you're worth it, man. What? <clears throat> Your children are worth it. Yes, yes. Come on. Even though they boondoggle everything at times. Jesus said, you may not think they're worth it sometimes, but I tell you, they are worth it. Yes. The drug addict, he good. Nobody gonna, nobody gonna jump in there and save that no good for nothing druggie that has spent the night filling his temple with drugs and alcohol and running from the boogeyman. Nobody's gonna jump in and save him. Nobody's going to save that ex 
the convict in prison that has a hunger for God. Nobody's going to jump in the river to save him. Nobody's going to jump in the river and save the man that pointed a gun and robbed somebody in his desperation to find value. Nobody's going to jump in and save that teenager who is the absolute black sheep, the prodigal son of the family that just absolutely brings shame and disgusting situations to your family dinner table. Yeah, Jesus did. Yeah. While I was thinking about it, He did it. While I was thinking about taking my shoes off, He was washing the feet. You see, the only... I, I, I have this opinion of, my, of... There's really only two things that God could not do. Okay? As a son of God, he could not save himself. And he could not carry his cross by himself. And that's where you and I come in. And I say, Lord, you carried the heavy end. Oh, I'll pick up the light end and I will follow you. Yes. I will follow you, Lord. Yes. You see, we were drowning. People were on the shore watching. But there was no relationship between us made. They were correct. He could not save himself. It was me or him. And he chose to save me. As we close and you stand this morning... What can you and I do to keep this memorial alive? Jesus said, remember. Remember. He said, remember what I did for you. <laughs> he says, remember what I did for you. And He says, I want you to know that there's a day coming that we are all going to sit down together and we are going to have a marriage. We're going to have a supper like the world has never put on because they're not rich enough. They're not rich enough to, to put on the table spread that I'm going to put on for my bride because I love her so much. Quite a way. Sometimes I, I think, why do I keep preaching? Why do I keep teaching? Why do I keep... Why do I get up so early? Because 
every once in a while something happens. Brother Shane, Sister Sarah, can I share a little story? Of, and, and tell me your daughter's name again. I always forget. Madison. She's not there with you, right? She's in the back. Going to teach the Bible study that Shane and Sarah, who I love dearly, by the way, they have the cutest twins you could ever imagine, right? So Tuesday, it's, it's raining. It's raining, right? And, and uh, so they say, well, we're going to open the garage and just come in the garage because, you know, we don't, we don't want you to get wet. So I, I pull up in the driveway, the garage door's open, and the door's already open. The door's already open and when I don't write. They just automatic. And there is their little three-year-old daughter, all dressed up. I mean, like, whoa, you know. She said, she's standing right in front of the door. And I said, my, whoa, you look so, you're so cute. Why are you all dressed up? And she says, well, because she wanted to get dressed up. Because she said, Dad, Mom, the pastor's coming tonight. I said, what? I said, you're kidding, right? I said, oh, no. Last week she wanted to, but she couldn't get ready in time enough. Jesus. 
That's what worship is. It's just my, it's my feeble attempt to try to express to God how I feel that He is just, He's worth it. He's worth it. We're going to close this morning and we're just going to give you an opportunity if you'd like to come down and spend just a few minutes in prayer. If you're here this morning and you need special prayer, whatever it is, if you need a miracle, we believe in miracles. If you need a healing of some kind, then come down to the front. But I think it would do us all, especially if you have family here, it would do you good to just come down here, lift your heart to the Lord, and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for allowing me the privilege of experiencing what it feels like to be an American. It would do us good. And then we're going to go in the back here in just a few minutes to Brother Ali, do you need some, do you know where the robe and stuff is? Do we have that? Is there somebody that can help them find a robe? They're hanging up in the back. Okay. And uh, thank you, Brother Mark, by the way, of getting that baptistry. I felt the water nice and warm, man. So we're going to baptize this young lady, but we want to give you an opportunity to come to the front. Amen. Just spend a couple yes. of minutes and lift your heart to the Lord. Give Him, give Him thanks. Let, tell Him He's worthy. I challenge it to try to tell Him how worthy He is. Go ahead and try. Amen. Would you come this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Touch us here this morning. Touch us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Oh, God, breathe into us, Lord. Breathe into us, Lord. Your Spirit, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Lord. Could we get some ladies to pray with Sister Courtney here? Is there some ladies and I, I don't think they mind me sharing. Sister, Sister Courtney is the one that lost her mother here just a couple yes. of days ago and oh God. Yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it, that's what we do. We lift one another up. That's what we do. That's what we do. Hallelujah. Maybe somebody could go pray with Sister Carol. Her brother's been in intensive care, critical for for several days. Somebody could go pray with Sister Carol there, would you? Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Oh, we 
Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 